The Pokes Report podcast is sponsored by Stillwater Barber Company, located at 609 South Main Street, right here in Stillwater. Randall and Joe are serving up the best haircuts in town, which includes regular haircuts and skin and razor fades, as well as shaves and beard care and trims. The beard care includes a wonderful blend of beard balm, beard oil, and just a little bit of steam to bring it all together. And as always, shampoo and conditioners are two for $20, and I can vouch for the shampoo because that's what I've been using for the past several months. It's a wonderful tea tree oil shampoo paraben and sulfate free that leaves your hair and scalp squeaky clean and smelling great and as always you can find blue roaming around the shop so give them a call at 405-269-8590 or you can check them out at stillwaterbarber.co to book an appointment today into the Pokes Report Podcast. Zach Lancaster here alongside Brian Murphy. A couple week hiatus, but there's been a lot going on. You know, life happens, people get busy. The good thing is, Brian, Tom Dorado setting in with us. TD? Yes, sir. How, how, how it goes? How are you guys? Hey, oh, Tom. We're making it through. It's Valentine's Day, so um, just trying to, trying to uh, avoid the hustle and bustle. I've already hit the flower shop, man. Awkward moment, though. So Hit the chocolate shop right so here. So I was, yeah, I I was driving to the flower shop to go pick them up. Mm-hmm. And my wife sends me a, a picture, te- a, a text of her holding flowers, and said, "Thank you, honey, for the for the oh. flowers." And I went, "All right, this is really now, awkward. Wait a minute here. This is yeah. really awkward." They're, they're within their within their her work, they do the like secret oh, sister thing, and so somebody had already put them there, so she was just yanking my chain did a little you, bit. Did but you just cancel the order then. No, I had to get bigger. Fl- <laughs> I got bigger flowers. It was. I was happy she at least showed me what the ones that yeah. were there, and, and so you, you can out, said, you know, can outdo it. Here, I was gonna get flowers, but I decided against it. I could have just said you're welcome. Yeah, you anytime, sweetheart. <laughs> anytime. Uh, so I figured, you know, we got uh, we got baseball starting up this week. Yes, sir. Figured we'd uh, figured we'd talk a little round ball. I know we talked uh, what back in December, early January. I think we talked a little baseball with you, but uh, we're 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 into the thick of it now. We're fixing to get started here. Yeah, we are, and uh, I think this is an intriguing-looking team. Uh, I, like I said on an earlier show today, uh, my expectations mean nothing. Uh, but I can tell you what the expectations of the team is, what the program is, what this group of people back. They expect to be right back at a regional and, and having a chance to win that regional and go to host the Super and go to Omaha. That's yep. their expectation level. And I do think they've got the pieces to the puzzle to do that again this year. But that's why you play 50-some-odd games to figure that out. Injuries play a role. Uh, some guys are better than you think they're going to be, some are not. You know, that just goes into the, the overall approach. But when you look at the people that Oklahoma State has back, and, and I, I'm big because Zach knows when we talk about previews for any team, I'm big on who you have back. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody wants to talk about the shiny new toys, you know, Portal and this and that. But I'm big on – who's back, and what they did the year ago. And when you look at Oklahoma State has back, they're one of the most experienced teams in the league in the Big 12. And that's saying a lot because Big 12 baseball is probably just a notch behind SEC, I guess, when you start adding up top to bottom. But when you're talking about infield, you're up the middle, you're talking about Brown and, and Riggio. Now, those guys played a lot of innings last year, a lot of innings together, solid between them. Uh, if you want to make the, the uh, catcher as part of that up the middle, you still got Darty. You still got Atkinson. You don't have to wear one guy out. You're solid there, solid in center field with Earhart. Now he can go gap to gap. Now, so he was a lot of right field last year. Do you think he'll move over to yeah, center? I'm, I'm, I'm almost certain he will. 
Yeah. Somebody jumps up and takes the job away from him. But Earhart's a, a speedster. Carson Benz can jump. And he can, he's a, let me tell you, Earhart can go get him with the best. So up the middle, the old cliche, if you're up the middle strong, I've just given you the strong up the middle for mm-hmm. Oklahoma State. Now, what do you do around it, right? You got uh, Mendham at first, and he may not be the only first baseman who plays there. But I'm big on Mendham for maybe he's not the greatest hitter, but he has a he has a knack. He may be 0 for 3. He comes up the fourth time with runners at second and third, and he gaps one, and you get two runs. That's the kind of hitter he is. Mm-hmm. But he is his value to me is how much he saves at first base. I mean, we almost expect he's going to dig him out all the time, whether it's a pickoff, whether it's a throw from the infield. He'll find a way to keep the ball in front of him or, or in the glove and make the play. And those, those they, that gets lost on the fans, but it doesn't get lost on the coaching staff because you know if that gets bobbled or you know, the inning continues and you give up runs. So I, I, I think Mendham gets the lion's share first. He's shown he can play there. Third base is a little, uh, to me, is a little intriguing in that we, we know that McLean could play there. He played there most of the year. I think you'll see McLean in the outfield more more this year, you know, or DH. Uh, you know, he, the wear and tear as a pitcher on his arm, throwing from third to first. I mean, you say, well, hell, he's, anybody can throw third to first, but you throw a lot from third to first. It's a long ways, too. Uh, and you do that 50 games a year or 60 games a year. So they've got other options, and if Miola – can get in there and stay healthy. Miola's a hell of a player. Now. See, when we talked to uh, we talked to players, they had Rock and McLean and uh, and Brown, and they mm-hmm. brought in uh, Bogus. When asked about a guy that not many people would know about outside the program, and I think the question was directed for newcomers. Like, what newcomer is is someone that's going to have the biggest impact that maybe people don't know about? The first name they brought up was Miola. Well, Miola was hurt, had concussion last year, never did get in his sea legs the rest of the year. He made sporadic appearances, but they like Miola defensively, offensively. He puts the ball in play as a good command of the strike zone from the batter's point of view. Uh, he's solid defensively. He's 6'1", a little taller than maybe you see a third baseman, 6'1". But he's, uh, you know, he's out of Florida, good athlete, can run. You know, I, I think had he not been – Slowed by the concussions, I don't know if he would have unseated McLean, but he, but McLean might not have been at third every game. Um, and you don't know if that's not going to be the case now. But if Miola stays healthy, he is really good, uh, and I think he can make a run at most of the games, uh, most of the innings at third base. Now you're solid all the way around the infield. You got Earhart in center field, but let's just say, and then you got McLean in right. McLean could play, and I think he prefers. Sometimes to play in the outfield. Well, traditionally, your your strongest arm is your right fielder, and if we can clock him at 100 miles an hour on the on the bump, I like him in I like him in right field, being able to hit all bases. And you got all kinds of possibilities in the outfield. I mean, in the corner spot, left field. I mean, Schubert played a lot in the fall. And Schubert again, uh, for those who don't remember, he's a he's a freshman uh, out of uh, Michigan. Really a yeah, good pretty player. High on that really kid. a good player. I mean, I have a hard time believing he won't make a run at one of the corner spots. Is he making a run with his bat? I mean, is that where he's? Because you know how it is. Whenever he's good a guy defensively gets, too, though, I yeah, mean, he really is. He's he's just the total pack. Josh Josh was pretty high on him. He drove from Michigan for a recruiting trip. Drove down. You know, he is really a year. good player. Yeah, and I he's open eyes. I don't. I, I said that's not true. 
they knew what they were going to get. Uh, but you never know until you get them out there and you get them into Is it gonna translate, competitive yeah. uh, situations. But I, I have a hard time believing that Schubert won't play a lot. I think sure. I think a lot of it relies on confidence. Yeah, that's that's your that's your. Uh, are we in the media room for for pointing? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's all we ever talk about. Well, the confidence. You, of the you hit one bucket. Are you confident for the rest of the yeah. year? Give me a. Yeah. Break. I thought it was a good question. Yeah, that's you. Uh, but Wolford is another guy I think who will make a run. He's a JUCO guy from Midland. Uh, Wolford can play uh, now. You're going to have competition for, especially those corner spots. If in fact McLean plays right, you're going to have enough guys you can throw in. And let's not forget Benj. Benj is coming off an injury. Now, Benj can pitch, but Benj can play the. Benj is a hell of an athlete. Well, that's what the I thought. Brother was, of the older Benj is here. Yeah, that's what I thought was interesting that uh, that Coach Holiday had. You know his his season preview, and it's up on the OSU website. Uh-huh. The second player he mentions is Carson Bench. Yeah. It, that was a loss last year. Uh, it's like two players, Bench. Uh, anytime you can pitch and you can play a position, you can hit. I mean, it's, it's almost like three players well, we, in one. The, the four that we talked, those four players that we talked to the other day, um, they were all fairly unanimous in saying that that Carson Bench is probably the best athlete on this team. Well, that that was when they were took him from UConn. They knew that coming in. He just had the arm deal. Some about people from UConn, huh? I love them. Yeah. Millers, the Millers, right? That's where I live down there in Utah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but but well, what about I'm this? Is an embarrassment of riches to some extent. Yeah, it seems like a really deep before team. we get into the the pitching, and, and I mentioned this earlier, and, and I and I mentioned this in a positive way, and I'm putting quotes here. The problem that Josh has, and Josh is really good at handling this quote problem, is he's got as many as fourteen, fifteen bona fide position players, hitters, guys in the in, in outfield, guys in the infield who can play at any time. Mm-hmm. But you have to hone in, just like any coach, you got to hone in on your starting lineup, right? So that's going to leave by process of elimination four, five, maybe six dudes who might be able to play anywhere else uh, you know, you're not going to have that. I mean, now how do you – and keeping them happy. When I coach, I didn't sure. care about keeping people happy. But you can show me you want to play by being better every day in practice and what have you. But that is that is a – it's an art to keep that dugout harmonious for 50-some-odd games, 60 games, getting into the postseason. Because there are guys who came here, which they should, thinking, I'm going to play every day. Well – it doesn't turn out that way. Now, what do you do with them? But Josh has, I mean, how many times have you seen Josh do this? Uh, I, I go down to Ross and probably pick him out, but you haven't, he, he pinch hits a guy in game 22 that you've never heard of. You got, you're looking at the, who, who's this guy here? Yeah. And he gets up, bases loaded, and he spanks one to the left end, two, two RBI single. And you go, who is this again? But he's maintained the engagement. Josh is a magician at doing that, uh, keeping guys engaged. But you're going to have the ones Kroll's going to play. He's a specialty guy. He can lay one down. He's a good bunner. He can move people. It reminds His me a lot of Dave, is good. Dave Roberts. His speed is good. Not only can he lay it down, he might beat it out. He'll get the sacrifice. Uh, he can steal base for you. He's a great pinch runner. Now, could he play every day? Sure. I mean, but 
I don't know if his role is going to change. He could play in the outfield, and you wouldn't lose a lick with him playing every day. But these are the types of guys who, it's like any job, like any sport, the head coach is going to establish roles on the team. I'm not saying you like the role if you're not playing, but you have to understand that this is my role. So when I'm called upon on a Tuesday night, for instance, when maybe we don't play the regulars and we put you in there, we expect you to play. We expect you to, to maintain the winning and not just go in there just, well, I haven't played a while. So this is what Josh preaches. This is what they do. I think this is an incredibly deep team just from a position viewpoint, from a batting viewpoint. Now, the thing we don't have yet, which we could, but I want to see it develop, we don't have the thump in the middle of the lineup that we had. Thompson, Dorshing last year sure. with thumpers. And you and you you could bridge McLean somewhere in that threesome. I have to go through that threesome four times in the game was difficult. We don't have Thompson. And Thompson was understated, to say the least. Not by coaches. Hell, they knew how valuable he was. He might have been the best hitter in the league. One of the best two-strike hitters we've ever had here. But he was Mr. Consistent, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if he made it out, you just went, what, what's wrong today? You know, is he sick? Because he, he hardly did that. Dorshing, he was always a threat to take one 900 feet. You know, that's Do you see Noah Turley hopping into that spot? I don't know. This year, it may be, but we'll find out. I mean, there's a lot. There's just so many innings, right? There's oh, yeah. just so much time. It's a game of baseball, yeah. And could they? Could these guys surface? Sure. It's nice to have six or seven who think they could play, should play, probably can play, vying for starting positions. But as we well know, over a period of time, injuries take a bite out of your lineup. So these things tend to work out. Generally, you don't want a starter to go down for extended period of time for whatever, hamstring, ankle, whatever. But this is an incredibly deep roster. They have brought in talented players. Bruggeman, the kid from Johnson uh, County, I mean, he got hit like almost 30 home runs in Juco. Well, you know, you could say, well, it's Juco, and that's true to some extent. But if, if you got that kind of swing, I'm not saying he's going to come in at 30 here, but he's not going to get – snuffed either so i think josh and and the coaches have a lot to work with maybe as much or more than they had or certainly as much maybe more than they had a a year ago but it's it's hard to look in that crystal ball not knowing if guys are going to be as good as you think are they going to translate out of the fall into regular season play will injuries take a bite out of this and that i mean all these things are variables you can't predict but but I'd like to make up just from a position and a hitting standpoint. I, I like what we got there. And really hadn't even touched too much on probably the spark plug of the whole lineup, Rock Riggio. You know, Riggio you almost take for granted because he's there. But I don't take him for granted. He's he's really a good defensive player. He's uh, feisty, to say the least. Uh, he he's got some swag to him. Uh, he understands he's good, and he understands the teams that play him. No, he's good. He'll be a force at the top of the lineup no matter what. Uh, he and Brown make a nice combination there. Uh, I like his, his overall demeanor. Uh, sometimes, he, you know, he gets carried away a little bit, uh, and that's, that's not me, and maybe he'll, he'll bring it down a notch or two. But uh, Riggio is one of the best players in the country. So, and hopefully we can keep him next year. I think he would be – I think he'd be eligible. He'd be a Richard sophomore, I think, or 
Maybe age-wise, he I think he's eligible a, for draft. Age might be it because yeah. he's a true sophomore. I think he's age-wise, I think he. But, but he's what, good enough to what's go. The, what's the age? I don't know. Twenty-one. Is it twenty-one? Yeah. You, you how did qualify? he do? He went to the Cape, didn't he? Did he play for? He did he really play for Tom? Sh- yeah, he yeah. really struggled. Yeah, he didn't he struggle over there. He was he great. Well, Cape can do that, but it'll teach you so much. I think he said he had a. It was like a 50 or 60 at-bat uh, strikeout record. Yeah. Like he wasn't putting the ball in play. Well, but, you know, yeah. sometimes that that's not always a precursor for what you're going to do here. It's it's wooden bat stuff. Sure. And it's, you know, it, it's maybe the urgency. Is not, you play a lot of games back to back to back. You know, it's, it's like a pro thing, semi-pro thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I played a summer up there. It's it is it is a totally different yeah. field well, than he, he college. He said what flipped him was, like, he was up there two or three weeks and he was like, Screw this! I'm out. I'm you know he's trying to leave. Going to book a, fl- a flight back. Right. He calls Josh, and Josh was like, "You want to be a good ball player? Yeah. You need to stick it out." Yep. And that's and that's what he did. Like he, I think he went 60 at bats without a hit, something like that. But then it started to click a little bit. You know, fielding was good. He started to put the ball in play a little bit. Um, figured it, and he was like, "If anything, it just taught me patience. Taught me it taught me you know humility and patience and and, 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 and you can't play on emotion up there. And no. it's tough. I mean, it's more like the pro. I mean, it's it's. He said it. He said it also made him appreciate a hell of a lot more what they have here. Because you got you got the student life here. Yes, they practice a lot, but you got hours you can practice. I mean, up there, it's pretty much baseball all day, as you as you well know. And the Mm -hmm. facilities are uh, just nothing compared to what they have here. But you know that to me, that's no excuse one way or the other. hitting or not hitting. No, no, no. But he's but he's like he has a deeper appreciation for what he has here. I think he learned how to pace himself in this game of baseball this summer, even though he didn't have success. And that was another thing uh, because, you know, they, they I think they all mentioned because you want to be a professional baseball player, you know, and, and something that they that they mentioned with, you know, something like Nolan Arenado coming in mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. some of these bigger names over the summer, they're playing at minimum 162 games a year. Well, you're playing less than 70 at right. the collegiate level. And he was like, Norm, like, what am I doing during the summer? I'm surfing. I'm out at you know I'm, I'm I'm at the house I'm not doing anything well you're gonna have four months after quote unquote college baseball season ends where you're still playing baseball and you're gonna go through slumps. See, this is what Jordy and and, and Robin bring to the table. Absolutely, not that Josh doesn't do it, but these guys have done that. They they have had to play every day for six months. Even if you're not playing, you're you're, you're taking swings. You're taking infield. You're sitting in the dugout. You're part of a team. Uh, you're not out. You know, there's no 20-hour rule. You know, you're not given an an automatic off day that we have to give a student athlete like we do now. So, the Cape is probably a good preview, if you will. And I think a lot of guys. I'm talking to Tom Holiday. He always brings this up. You know, the 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 regimen of what you have to do in the Cape, as you well know is much different than what you have in college because it's pretty much baseball the whole time. Yep. And that's not like it is in the majors, but it's close to it. College, you could play on a Tuesday, then you have Wednesday off, then you're ready for the weekend series. You got classes in between. You got, you know, you, you got your girlfriend, you got all the stuff, the student life. And it, that's completely different than honing in every single day on what you have to do. So I don't get crazy with with stats during the summer, uh, and I know Josh's philosophy for for batters. You know, go play somewhere yep. and get yourself a hundred to one hundred and fifty at bats. Just just do that during the summer. 
You don't have to get 150 hits. You don't have to have 30 home. Just get to the plate, compete. Pitchers, you know, a little different. You get in a league where you can throw, you know, maybe 35 to 40 innings. Not wear yourself out. Right. Just do something to stay competitive so when you get back here in the fall, then you're ready to go and not starting over. So, Riggio's, he's a, he's a good college hitter. Uh, I don't know how that projects to being in the pros, but he's a tough out. And yeah. uh, I think, you know, he's he's got to have a good year for us to have a good year, but I don't see any reason why he wouldn't. Uh, he'll be 21 in June, so he, he may makes, or may not be back. You know, and again, you don't know what kids do. Uh, I've always told Zach this on his show. When we talk draft, I don't make predictions on draft because over the years in baseball, the kids I've known that I thought sure as hell going in the draft. If they drafted, they're gone. Well, McLean's a, McLean's and they a didn't, great example. And they didn't. Yeah. And the ones that I thought, well, there's no way they're going to go. I mean, look at where they – and they, they often go because there's other variables. Some kids want to start. This is their new career. They want to get after it. The two they're kids tired that, of school. The two kids that come to mind, Garrett McCain, yeah. should have came back and prop. well, I know you can't say should have. No, but, I wouldn't say that. But would have been really, really good. I think, I think a lot of people were surprised that he left. And then uh, Nolan McClain drafted the first pick of the third round, the Orioles. Things and they ha- couldn't get together yeah. on things. On things money. happen, and I mean, he comes they, back. If the Orioles had acquiesced to what he wanted, and we're talking maybe another hundred grand, maybe. Uh, and I don't know if you know when negotiations begin. You know, you're looking for a way. I'm not going to pay you because of this, this, and this. Did they make up an arm problem? McLean said there's none, and they said there was concern. But that's contract. That's pro contract stuff. But we were the recipient of that conversation but he, he could easily if, if the Orioles said sure whatever it is we'll give it to you then McLean wouldn't have been back so you don't get a guy like that very often to come back to your program yeah. once they leave so uh, just that's a, a great little segue you talk about him being a relief pitcher a closer I'd imagine there will be a role where he might start here or there uh, let's talk about guys on the mound obviously you, you know you you return some talent but the the big name Jerron Watts Brown obviously uh, preseason All-American was a freshman All-American out at Long Beach. This is a big-time get. And it's a big step up for him. I mean, I think people have to understand he's still pretty young. And, yes, I'm not, I'm not undervaluing what he did as a freshman, but if you get into that Friday night role in a Big 12 team, even before you get to the Big 12, that's a big burden. I mean, you got to handle that mentally. Uh, the wear and tear is a little bit more here on this level. Uh, he's got a nasty slider. He's got great velocity. He's fearless. He, he'll pitch around that zone all day long because he thinks he's better than you as a hitter, and that's what you want. Uh, he's not going to shy away from the competition. But, sounds sounds like he goes up there and pitches with a lot of confidence. Well, he, he does, yeah. That's, that's a Zach situation. Uh, that's all Zach ever asked about confidence. But I'm sure he's a confident guy. Sure. And now, as you, you played the game uh, – Baseball has a way of of supporting confidence and just tearing confidence mm-hmm. down. Because really it's a humbling game. Mm-hmm. Whether you're a pitcher or a hitter, you may feel great today and you go out there and throw the same pitches tomorrow on the next start and they hit everything at somebody or they hit anything and it finds grass or it finds yep. the wall and you're not out there for three innings and you're going, what the hell happened here? But you got to handle that. Not every pitcher goes out and – is has a winning effort every time. Right. And this is the part about Watts Brown. I don't think there's a they, they doubt this, but until you do it time and time again, 
I think that's still the jury's still out on that part. But physically and how he handles himself and what he throws, I mean, he he made our life miserable for our players there in the fall. Well, Justin Campbell learned that last fall how to how to pitch through. You have to learn how to pitch through the days that you don't have your best stuff or that that uh, the little C and I singles are getting sure. through. Uh, you have to learn how to pitch out of the stretch. You have to learn. Uh, you can have great stuff that you know. The, talk about Watts having Watts Brown having four great pitches, but at this level, you have to know when to use them. You have to know where to use them, um, not just throwing them up there. Because guys will say, I mean, that was one of the biggest. As, as I would go up a level, the pitches that guys would take would shock me. Well, that's what they were. They weren't looking for that pitch, and you know they'll spit on an outside fastball. Good, nice pitch. Now it's 0-1. What do they care? You know and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's going to be that'll be interesting to watch his his early and right out of the gate you get uh, I'm assuming he's going to start game one. I'm sure he will. First an SEC and team think, and boom, here you go. I don't believe he's going to go more than a couple three innings. Sure. Or so. This stage of the year, then no no coach is going to blow their pitchers. I think out. what, what I th- I'm trying to remember exactly what Josh said. I think he's going to try to hold. Um, no more than 60, 65. Yeah, I, I everybody's think is, on a pitch count. Yeah, you, don't want, you, you don't want your guy going down in the first game, no matter who you coach. Yeah, I think that's what that number was. And you're not that old, Brian, but the thing that, that, that pitchers have to handle now is that everybody's got video of you, and you're not introducing something that they haven't seen, the hitters haven't seen right. before they ever get in the box. So you've got to make that adjustment as a pitcher that maybe seven, eight years ago, all that video wasn't there, and you could surprise hitters with what you got. You're not going to surprise hitters because yep. they know what's going to happen. Now, it always comes out of one thing. Are you better on the mound than the guy with the, holding the bat? If you are, you're going to have good numbers. But Watts Brown, is a, he's a he's an intriguing, exciting-looking dude, and, and he'll be a nice Friday night guy for sure. The other guys, I, mean, I think Phillips, the Owasso kid, Lefty, I think they want to work in there somewhere, somehow. But as a freshman, I mean, you, do you know what he's going to do yet? And when he gets to this level, he dominated in high school. But a lot of good pitchers dominate high school batters. Well, I think a theme that we were looking at before even recording, was we were going back through last year's stats, we only re- we only returned three starts. Yeah, it's like That's a hand, Ryan Bogus. Just a handful of yeah. starts. You know, and but so, we had the same excitement level last year, though, if you recall. You had Campbell back. Yep. He was a proven commodity. Madero's had a lot of hype coming from Miami, remember? You got all the freshmen. Osmond, you throw it a million miles an hour. So you felt like you were in good shape with those three dudes before we ever came, started the year. Well, as the year went on, Madero's wasn't what maybe he thought he was going to be or they thought he was going to be. Uh, Campbell kind of, I, I wouldn't say he faltered down the stretch, but he wasn't as overpowering as he was at the beginning. And then Osmond was... Osmond, I mean, he was Up good one game, bit, yeah. and he wasn't the next. So I, I warn a little bit about looking at names and just assuming. You know, Kiesel's another guy, the kid from BYU. We saw him, mm-hmm. and he's going to get a look as one of the starters. But, again, when you're in that lineup at Oklahoma State and you're going to get – now, I'm not talking non-conference because I think our non-conference, especially on the road, it's conducive to – development this year so but when when we get to conference play now Kiesel you know pitching at BYU and then pitching here every second day is two different things so we'll find that out but the arms are there okay that the St. John's kid Hendry I think mm-hmm. intrigues them a bit I keep using the word intrigues but 
They think he can do it here, but until you get him out there, yeah. you don't know. Root supposedly better mid relief. We'll find that out. Supposedly he's improved over the over the uh, the year. Ryan Ure is a guy that I is another guy that I think would play a big role, but he's ailing a little bit. So I don't know when Ryan's going to get back 100. percent And let's just say, you know, I'm not wishing bogus. He's trying to get rounded back to shape again. Uh, you generally lose pitchers. Everybody does at this time of year, uh, from preseason all the way through the first third of the year, because it's just the way it is. It's as hard as they throw, and, and, and you know maybe they don't pace themselves. Whatever. Yeah. You, sometimes you're throwing in cold weather. Some guys ramp up fine. Some guys don't. But I mean, arms really. are arms, right? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be surgery type arms. It just could be a sore arm. Mm-hmm. Well, now you got to take a guy out of the rotation for. One, one or two starts, get him back to where he needs See, to be. See, uh, in college, I had a, I had a bicep um, tendon that was – I had a bicep tendon soreness that had – didn't need surgery. It needed rest. Well, you only had, it's only a two-month season, yeah. three-month yeah. season. You don't have time for rest. And so my fastball went from 80, oh, 89, 90 down to 85, 86. And it wasn't anything – I'm still trying to throw it as hard. Mm-hmm. I just can't. And and that's what you know. It makes it easy. Eighty five is easier to hit than ninety. Well, yeah, just, well, hitters would love that. I mean, you yeah. bring it down that much, and and they could they these guys on this level can make contact. Eighty five, eighty six. Sometimes yeah. ninety two, ninety three is not good. But again, pitching is, is is such a variable that it's hard to predict because you can't predict the health of your pitching staff. But looking at the guys who should make an impact on a on a on a weekend and a Tuesday, I think you got enough guys you could you could look at, and, and I don't know if Benge is going to be in that picture or not. I'm sure if his arm's good enough, they'll throw him in there relief maybe a little bit, but you got you got enough guys that that can do that for you, and and I'm, I I like you know Rob I've, I've known Robbie since he was a player here, so he'll figure it out, but injuries sometimes put you in a position where what you thought going in changes up a little bit what do you think what what is rob walton's biggest strength as as a as a pitching coach granted he's he's done it forever he pitched uh he's done it forever what 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 is his what's his thing with the player what does he develop great out of these guys or in my mind he's he's old school enough he doesn't pamper them he doesn't coddle them um some of the greatest conversations that can't be ever reported are the ones that when he goes to the mound you know, I tell him, you know, it takes him like eight minutes to get from the dugout to the mound. But when he gets there, he usually has a few choice words for the pitcher. And uh, some of the returning guys can tell you some of those stories. He's pretty forthright, and he doesn't sugarcoat it. If you're not doing it, he'll give you about one more hitter, and he'll let you know, if you don't get this guy, your ass is out. Yeah. So I think he he prepares them mentally – and I'm not saying they were soft, but he over the season, over the preseason, gets after them to the point where they understand it's 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 not a business, but it is. I'm putting you out there because I think you're the best pitcher this day. Now you need to go out and show me. Throw the pitches that we call. Throw them where they are. We we take all the pressure off. We tell you what we're gonna throw. Now all you gotta do is throw it to that spot. Now, as you well know, yeah. that's easier said than done. Sure. Right? But there's not a whole lot of thinking that goes on. 
And, and Rob is a guy, he's an old school, he didn't have a lot of tolerance for excuses. I mean, it's a, it's a production-based sport. Oh, yeah. You get and, down, so you're not. If you're getting your butt kicked around, then you're coming out. I don't care how much I love you, how much I like you, how much mama's mad at me because I take you out. You're coming out if you're not getting it done. Did you have any conversation with him after the regional that gave up the most? Uh, not OSU gave The entire regional gave up the most runs in the history of regional. I haven't talked to him about that. I mean, I think that was just more of a – it just happened type of thing. I mean, hitters are good, right? I mean, and if you get this time of year when you you, you use pitchers over and over, oh, maybe they may not be as effective as they were. Look at the Arkansas situation, just using that. The dude who came in and shut us down in that inning, the eighth, we had the bases loaded one out and we're down by a run. Comes in and strikes out Riggio or, or McLean and Riggio back and back and back. That was a guy two days before didn't last a couple of innings mm-hmm. and we knocked him around and got him out of the game so it shows you that everything is not even as a pitcher you know some days you got it some days you don't right but i give arkansas all kinds of credit for that because uh, van horn i don't know if you guys played it or not but van horn the other day on his coaches show now you know me i think bomb stadium i think that it's atmosphere incredible. is the best college baseball atmosphere bar none that's incredible. ever been around the hogs, calling the hogs, what they do, they get ten, twelve thousand every game. Van Horn said the the atmosphere here at the regional last year was the most intense atmosphere he's ever been around. And this is a veteran coach. Yeah. I, I was watching that on TV. You could feel it through the TV. Yeah. I mean, there's there's not many baseball atmospheres that you can do that These kids had to perform at a high level under duress. Yeah. But yeah. when you're at this level, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, all the you know, the all the blue bloods, if you will, that's part and parcel of why you're here because you can handle that kind of stuff. I don't know that in Texas this upcoming weekend. I'll kind of this is my last thing, but in Texas this weekend, I don't know that the the results of our games versus uh, is it Missouri, Vandy, and Arkansas yeah. um, are going to be indicative of how we are for the rest of the season. I don't know that you can take that. It's but, not because but you go I can't back wait to, to see the lineups. What fifteen, sixteen? I can't yeah. remember what year it was. Uh, swept by North Carolina. Yeah. Go to Omaha. Right. You know? yeah, but I, I I'm excited to see the lineups and the and the pitchers and and just what what kind of stuff. There's so many new pitchers. I mean, I wrote down a bunch of them over here that potentially could be starters. And all of it, you know, you get two guys from Iowa Western that each had thirteen and fourteen starts, but. They had 20 appearances, so they were also relievers. So, you know, you're going to get so many guys that mix in both ways. And you're going to see a lot of pitchers over these two games. Uh, mm-hmm. for I'm two excited reasons. to see One, you don't wear out guys early. Mm-hmm. But you want to see what they can do in, in the heat of the battle. Yep. And and I'm not I'm not downplaying because when, when my grandson was at NEO, we played Iowa Western a lot. But pitching at Iowa Western and pitching at junior college totally different. is a Absolutely. whole lot of different when you step on the field of Globe Life and I'm bringing you in to hold the line in the third or fourth inning. Sure. You know, keep us where we are, keep it close. All of a sudden now those, you know, it becomes a little, the, the collar is a little tighter. But that's what they're going to find out over these, not only the games in Arlington, that's what Oklahoma State and, and Josh will find out and Rob will find out over the first 10, 12, 13, 14 games. Who can handle it, who can't, where they fit in. That's the to me. This is where Omaha is built in the first fifteen minutes of the game of nope. the year. Yeah, there's no question. Uh, great start. Uh, we'll 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 have you back on here Good. before the end of non-con. 
uh, or maybe right at the end before we get into conference play and see uh, if the beliefs now kind of match up with where the team is and, and vice versa and see where we're all at. Well, so. I think I mean, I think everybody has a right to be very hopeful. Uh, expect it seem to get to Omaha. They expect to get to Omaha. And, and, but that's, that's, that's something we have always felt here for sure. And if you go back and, and listen to the interviews I've done with former players, McGarry Ward was here. They laid out a uh, syllabus, if you will, for them. And at the top of every one, the expectation level was, we're going to Omaha. No matter what, it, we're going to win a conference championship, we're going to go to Omaha. Those are the two goals right there. And I'm glad to see that that's the expectation level again. That's what this program should be. It's kind of like basketball. The expectation level is you go into the NCAA tournament, not the NIT. You go into the NCAA tournament, and the expectation level is that you're going to do something when you get there. I like getting back to those expectations. Absolutely. I agree. I think, Thanks, we, fellas. I think we just survived a tornado. Yeah, that was, uh, man, that was something that was else, crazy. wasn't it? That was a, that was a big wind. Wind back and forth. Yeah, that was, a, that was an incredible gust of wind. So uh, that's going to do it for the Folks World right, Podcast. Thanks, fellas. Tom, appreciate you stopping in for uh, Brian Murphy, for Zach Lancaster. Check us out at pokesport.com. But this has been the Folks World Podcast. We'll talk to you next time.